When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est bon. Ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. pour les Canadiens. Le 23e de l'histoire. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6 beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's going to be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Thursday, January 12th. It is three minutes past 10 o'clock right here on the sick podcast. And I'm sure you are watching live and you're watching live via YouTube. You're watching live via Facebook. You're watching live via Twitter. What a night tonight at the Bell Center, which saw the Montreal Canadiens victorious by a score of 4-3 to three over the Nashville Predators on a night in which the Montreal Canadiens honored and paid tribute to number 76, former Hab P.K. Subban, who before the game started, uh, strolled onto the Bell Center ice along with a good friend of his from the Montreal Children's Hospital, and introduced her to the crowd as well. PK stylish as ever, uh, starting his uh, his speech en français, uh, ending it on français as well, and ending it with a triple low five with Carey Price, something that at one point in time, under Marc Bergevin and Michel Therrien, they were forbidden to do, something they had started. The fans took an appreciation to it, and then at one point they said, you can't do that anymore. And they were able to do it one more time. I don't remember when was the last time I saw Carey Price smile like that. It was, it was absolutely unbelievable. I thought it was perfect. And you know what? Uh, P.K. Subban gave the Habs, and I tweeted this earlier on this evening, their best moment of the season again. And he was able to do that even being retired. 
Some people have it. Some people don't. It's called an it factor. And P.K. Subban has it. He's got great microphone skills as well. He is the rock of the National Hockey League. It's a sick podcast brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Here's to you, P.K., intense by nature, the way P.K. played the game with intensity, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark, and he played with passion. Passion and energy. I'm wearing this shirt tonight uh, for P.K. Subban. I'm also wearing it for Energy Transportation Group because they also bring you the sick podcast, and their group offers competitive compensation benefits a great team behind you and opportunities for career uh, career growth and development it's energy transportation group as well as it's brought to you by lacage if the last time you went to lacage was when the habs won the cup you got to do like me because i was at lacage la salle earlier this evening with my buddy andy ellison and george lorac's name came up as a matter of fact it's time you go back to lacage the menu will surprise you speaking of big george he is my guest. He's a regular contributor on Thursday nights. Took a couple of Thursdays off during the holidays. Here he is. He's not in a hotel room, and he's actually wearing something. What's going on, George? Hey, uh, to start, uh, Tony, I want to wish uh, you and all the listeners a happy 2023. I know the last couple of years were very tough, but uh, 2023 is the year for you and all your listeners. Go after your dream. Go hard after it, and all your dream will come true. I'm sending you positive energy. Thank you very much, George, to you and yours as well. All right. Uh, you know, you know P.K. Subban very, very well. So I'm actually very happy that you're my contributor tonight to talk about P.K. because you and him actually had time to spend. You actually had time together. You spent some time together. I've heard the story before, but for those who haven't, and we're going to get to everything that happened tonight in the speech and Carrie and the triple oh five and all that stuff. But. For those who don't know the story, George, uh, talk to us about your trip with P.K. Subban. Okay, so I'm talking about the year that P.K. Subban was a rookie uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. So, uh, you know, uh, nobody knew, like, we, everybody knew he was a good defenseman, but nobody knew the career he was going to have and the impact he was going to have with the team. But right away as a rookie, in his, after his rookie season, he called me up and he said he'd like to come to Haiti. Because with the NHL, the NHLP, I'm a spokesperson for World Vision. I was rebuilding the Grace Children Hospital in Haiti, in Delmarpa Au Prince. And he asked me if I could come. So uh, we arranged it with uh, World Vision, and he came with me to Haiti uh, to come and see the hospital in Haiti. We spent five days over there, and we played hockey with the kids down there, and I showed him the hospital. I showed him around. He saw poverty, and, and he was very touched by it. And uh, he told me um, at the end of the trip, uh, because there's so many things that we saw. And, and you know, despite the poverty down in Haiti, uh, you could see people that were singing, that were dancing, that were finding ways to live with poverty, right? So it's a big life lesson for him. So he told me, George, I promise you one day, I'm going to have as big of an impact that you've had in Haiti. And look what he did with a children's hospital in, in Montreal with the, uh, with the 10 million uh, 10 million donation of his time that, that, that he donated for that hospital. It just tells you that when you plant a seed somewhere, um, you know, it'll grow, right? And I planted more with him. And how many people did he plant a seed with? You know, how many people, how many kids were inspired by what he's done? And they're going to follow through because, as he said so well today, um, hockey players were entertainers. That's it. There are things in life much more important than that. 
And just like PK, and I've always talked about this, I think it's more important to be recognized for what you've done in the community than what you've done on the ice. Because when you're done, when you retired, at the end of the day, we have to recognize that the reason why hockey is a job today is because of the people. So we have an obligation to the people, to the children, to give back in the community. He does it well. There's many athletes that does it well. And hopefully today, tonight, what everyone saw, they were inspired people that are in a position to do so, to be able to do things in the community to make a difference because this is so important and much more important in sport. He spent uh, a couple of days in Montreal, and uh, and uh, he went to the Montreal Children's on a couple of occasions. I think I thought it was pretty cool. And the fact that, George, uh, he, he brought uh, a friend of his from the Montreal Children's Hospital there today, I thought that was really a nice touch. I mean, that was just, that was PK in a nutshell, right? You know why it was important, just to so understand that? Uh, tonight was his night. It was his night. They were honoring him. He could have all of the attention on him, but no, he made the dream come true of his friend, of a little girl, bring her to the Bell Center to get uh, people scanning her name. That's him. You know, like thinking about the kids before him. Not many people would do that. I don't know many athletes come back to rink to get, you know, Remembrance Night celebrated and bring a kid so he could share the spotlight with that kid. That's the type of guy that he is, and and that was incredible and not surprising at all. Yeah, and, and look, you know, I think one of the things that I think is very unfortunate, very unfortunate, and I even talked about this last night, but it's manifesting itself on the YouTube live that we have going on right now on the chat, is that a lot of people are saying that at one point in time or on one occasion or on a couple of occasions, PK actually said that he donated the money and he didn't. Folks, can we please... Okay, he pledged to raise $10 million. He gave, he, he, gave, he gave some money. He also gave his time. But what I want to get to, George, just before we get to you on this matter is, George, whether it was he raised $9 million and he donated $1 million, or he raised all the $10 million, or he raised 8 and he donated 2 at the end of the day, it was a promise that the children's hospital was going to get $10 million and they're getting $10 million. So please folks, can you please stop on the chat? Because now this is going to upset me of what ways he went about to go and get the money or he paid or he didn't. The hospital let, me, let me, let me explain this so people understand what he actually did. Okay. What PK has done is that on top of some of the money that he's going to give, he promised to pledge like over $10 million. What, what does that mean? That means that any fundraiser that PK is part of, obviously count in that 10 million. So there's a lot of time consuming that he has to do because he has to come, he did, he did the Just For Laugh Gala, and many things that he's gonna do is gonna go into that 10 million that he pledged to do. So he has to come back often back to Montreal to do this. He has to be part of many charity like raising funds to do this up to 10 million so people that are listening right now if it was that easy to do what he just did why doesn't every athlete does it then because it takes way more time pledging the way that he's doing coming back to the hospital and you know be part of different fundraising to raise awareness to the hospital than just simply give a check and that's it and never been there he's there all the time he's donning his time and he's there 
So people, Tony, that are saying that is people that are jealous. Well, jealous. look, you know what? To tell you the truth. They're finding ways to whine, but it's jealousy. It's, and it's, it's always going to hate, and yeah. they're going to find ways to hate. And we can't put energy on these people, Tony, because in a society, there will be some haters, but the majority of the people love them, and that's what we should be focusing yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, to, be, to be brutally honest, and I don't want to bring attention, so I'm not going to bring up the person's name, but there's one person in the YouTube chat that obviously came here to start some trouble tonight or get people agitated or is just trolling. And uh, I hope they had fun because they'll be blocked in about five seconds and they'll never be back. And if they want to come back under another name, the second that they want to play this kind of game, they're going to be gone again. So I hope you had your fun while it lasted. Agnello and Sammy, please get on the case and let's stop this right now. Because at the end of the day, whether you actually feel this or you don't feel this, like George said, there's 23 players on a hockey team. And if 22 other players were going to go out and pledge the same $10 million and give their time and try and raise it in whichever way they wanted to, well, the hospital would have been a lot better off because they would have raised an additional $220 million. But you know what? People can criticize. They don't do whatever. Look, I'm going to tell you something. I heard a lot about PK when he was here. I had a good relationship from, with him early on. Uh, once, he was, once he was traded, I mean, I tried to explain why he was. I was told... Different things from different people. I, I believe most of the information I was given was correct. Maybe some of it was exaggerated a little bit from people trying to make a point or trying to justify their position. I will tell you this, you know, and and unfortunately, you know, we, we you know, he stopped talking to me after that, and that's okay because that's his prerogative. It doesn't change the fact I still think he's a good man. He did a great thing for the Children's Hospital, and he does great things for kids uh, by putting smiles on their faces. But I will say this. I will say this. There's one thing I will tell you, and that I wasn't quite myself. I, I love PK as a player. I thought he was one of the most spectacular, exciting players to ever play, to, to play for the Montreal Canadiens in the last 20 or 30 years. Okay, I'll, that I'll tell you for sure. And he always played good in the very important games. That I'll tell you. You won a Norris Trophy. The guy's obviously a very good player. I'll say this. Um, I didn't quite understand the importance of the brand as much then as I do now, when four or five years later, I myself have tried to establish a brand in the last couple of years. And I know, and by no means am I comparing myself to PK, his brand is absolutely unbelievable. I'll never reach there. I'm not even like uh, 0.0000001% of what his brand is. But what I'm trying to say is trying to develop a brand myself in the last two years uh, I know that you got to do what you got to do for yourself because you know what? Your job can only last so long. And at one point it's going to be gone and you have to prepare for your plan B. And that's something he was doing. And by branding himself the way he was, it was going to increase his popularity, which is always good. It always, it always leads to better opportunities. It always leads to endorsements. It always leads to sponsorship. And, uh, and you know what? I, I will tell you this. Once you start developing your brand and you do it pretty good and others around you aren't doing it at all or aren't doing it as good, it's going to rub some of them the wrong way. And some of them are going to say, hey, my, like this pisses me off. This guy's making more sponsorship dollars than I'm making in salary alone. And George, when I look back to what everyone said and this and that and whatever, there's no doubt in my mind that although maybe some people were saying the truth because let's face it, nobody's perfect. There had to be a little bit of jealousy in there. There's no doubt in my mind, some were jealous of his status and his popularity. Tony, I was there during that time. Remember, I was just released the year before. So I know I knew all the guys and I know what was going on. 
And it was jealousy because you're right. He wasn't making more in endorsement than people were making their own salary in the NHL. But the one thing that people have to realize and understand is that despite all that, all the extra that he did for his own brand, on the ice, did he deliver? Was he physical? Was he producing? Was he producing in the playoff? Was he a big time player? Did he win a Norris Trophy last defenseman that did it with Chris Chelios? How was he on the ice? Did his off ice in Montreal like made him struggle when he played in Montreal? No, nothing. He was bang on. He was a gamer. Was he afraid when they played Boston? No, he was a gamer. George, I'm going to tell you something. When he was playing with the farm team, if you recall, late in the season, Andre Markov was hurt, right? The Canadians went into the playoffs. They called P.K. Subban up for two games or whatever it was that season, okay? Those two games that he played before the playoffs, I knew he was going to be a star watching those two games. And in the playoffs that year, which was the year, if memory serves me well, which was 2010, when they beat the Washington Capitals in seven, they beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in seven, and then they got eliminated by the Flyers in round three in, in five games. He was fantastic in the playoffs. Yeah, he, was. he was. He was. And again, if everybody wants to talk about his off ice, uh, how was he on the ice? That's the most important thing. And that's why it's like we can't stop to people that are talking about negativity because there's double standard, uh, uh, the double standard, Tony, because look at Goulet. Goulet, when he was healthy, Goulet defense on the Canadian, he was one of the leaders in the NHL in turnovers, minus 16. Nobody said anything. We, he was one of the best defensemen for the Canadian. He's learning, and it's all good. When PK did one turnover, what did people do? That's all they talked about. Oh, he's a turnover machine. He's an offensive defenseman. Obviously, it's going to happen sometimes. But in the plus minus, defensively, he was the most reliable defenseman in the Canadian anyway. He was the most physical one anyway. But that's why it goes back to let you know that haters always going to hate. They're always going to try to find little loophole to criticize them. But the majority of the people love them. They, he brought it on the Look what he said tonight. He told the players that if you leave it all out on the ice, people, they're going to love you. And it's true. He left it all on the ice, and they loved him. And as you know, how many guys in the lineup tonight, uh, Tony, will get their their name honored in Bell Centers in like 20, 30 years? How many of them? How many? That's why. So that's why it's like, you know, what he's done is remarkable. And uh, just so people know, Markov was invited to, to tonight, yes. but he couldn't. He couldn't because well, a lot of people asking Markov close to a thousand game. Why wasn't he? Uh, he will be honored eventually. He couldn't. Yeah. But he was reached out, uh, obviously, uh, because they wanted to do this for him too, but he couldn't. George, I mentioned a couple of games he played in 2010 before entering the playoffs and the playoffs he had in 2010 versus the Capitals, versus the Penguins, and versus the Flyers. I'll take it another step. Uh, the following year in 2011, Right, that's the year they got eliminated by the Boston Bruins in round one in seven games in the second period of overtime. Nathan Horton scored the goal to have the Bruins advance. They went on to win the Stanley Cup that year, but PK Subban tied up that game with about a minute and a half to go. He tied it up at three with a cannon from the point that Tim Thomas ducked. There's two goalies I saw duck on PK Subban's shot in his career. Tim Thomas was one of them. And I don't know if you remember, I think it was in a playoff game, or I don't know if it was a playoff game or not, but it was versus Ottawa. And Andrew Hammond. Hammond ducked as well. 
on a P.K. Subban shot. Here's some quotes that he gave, George. I want to bring up a couple of quotes. Okay. Here we go. Bring that same energy to the game that you see the fans bring every night to cheer you on. I didn't win a Stanley Cup here, but I earned their respect with how hard I worked on the ice. Here's another one. I agreed to do it on the phone in your time and career, especially when you get to play for the most storied organization of all sports, and they want to honor you in any way. I think it's a no-brainer. One more. I wanted to do every time I put that jersey on is play with that passion and I hope that's a message to the current players and players that are going to put on the jersey in the future that these guys will love you no matter what if you leave it all on the ice so leave it on the ice every night and in ending what a touch huh the camera goes on Carey Price he brought out his own prop do we have it I think we have it And you heard the uh, you heard the applause. You heard you heard the applause just go up by I don't know like fifty decibels or whatever it was. You know, Tony, um, I'm gonna bring something touchy about that triple low five. Okay, bring it. I, I love Michel Therrien because I won the Memorial Cup with him, and he was my coach in Granby, the only major major championship that I've won. I was mad at him when he told PK not to do the triple low five anymore. It's a celebration he does with his goalie. It's a special handshake. All hockey players have special handshake. It's part of a routine. His reasoning for telling PK not to do it is that he was putting his attention on him. That to me is bullshit. It was jealousy. Why couldn't PK do that with, with the goalie? It's not like, how crazy is that? You see how simple that was? Triple low five, three little taps. And he couldn't do it. The coach told him not to do it. That's why he stopped doing it. Because he's putting the attention on him. Are you kidding me? So every time I see it, I see this. I love the fans' reaction and everything. But it just reminds me of how, love. you know, everything that he did, we had to. We wanted to come and shut him down or whatever. Or yeah. oh, he's not fitting into our mold. Yeah. So no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. It was insane, man. I'm going to tell you something. I got to know Mark Bergevin, and I got to know uh, Michel Therrien. Uh, I also got to know Jeff Molson. Um, I'm going to talk to you about Bergevin Therrien for a second here. Uh, I like them. I don't have a problem with them. I think they like me. There was a mutual respect there, so I'm not going to talk bad about, you know, we, we, we respect each other. But I will say this. I just think they're old school. Yeah, good point. And and I think I think that Jeff Molson, when all of this happened, wasn't prepared to deal with a situation of branding. The Canadians brand has to, you know, be, you know, the 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 focal point and the center point and two brands coexisting at the same time, uh, it was problematic. I know something about that. Uh, but, um, but you know, I think Jeff Molson's changed. I really believe that 
you know, hanging out with Jeff Gordon, hanging out with Kent Hughes, hanging out with Marty St. Louis, all of a sudden different people come in, different ideas. And I don't know because I haven't spoken to Jeff Molson, but I just get the feeling from the outside that he's more modern day now. And I wonder, and I wonder, as I was watching the game tonight, I wondered if Jeff Gordon, Kent Hughes, and Marty St. Louis was the coach when Subban was there, would he have been traded? And we'll never know. Well, actually, uh, Martin St. Louis, he was asked about Subban today. And uh, I know you don't have the clip but I don't like his answer. Martin St. Louis uh, always have an answer to the media, and he was skating big time when they asked him about PK. And he was like, um, um, and then he ended up saying he talked a lot. Like, forget it, man. No respect. It was a special night. Just what Martin St. Louis said about PK, I, it was totally wrong. I didn't like it. You didn't know him. You knew what people said about it. You never coached him, and the way that he talked, kind of like he was in the room that he wasn't. I didn't like it. I didn't like what he, his take, and you should listen to it. And from just from the answer that he's had, he would have got traded if Martin Stanley would have been his coach. All right. Uh, well, once again, we'll never know, but I appreciate your opinion, though. There's no doubt about that, okay? And I'm sure that everyone watching right now on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and Twitter Live definitely appreciate the fact that, George, you have an opinion. I think it's uh, I think it's cool to have a collaborator who, even though he was coached by Michel Terran, you won a Memorial Cup together, he comes on and he says, you know what? I didn't like when he did that. I think that's cool of you, um, you know, to just voice your opinions like that. I talked about PK before, and I talked about him kind of like being the rock with the microphone skills. And the more you think of it, he was that. He was kind of like one of these wrestlers, right? These uh, He was a hockey player, but he was kind of like one of these wrestlers in terms of wrestlers are sports. They're, they're, they're entertainers, correct? And uh, there's no doubt that he was an entertainer, and he played with a lot of passion. But when I said it before that, you know, he has this it factor, let me elaborate on that. I got the feeling tonight, whether it was a fact or it wasn't a fact, whether it's true or it's not true, I got the feeling tonight that PK's speech lit a fire under the players. I got the feeling that his words not only, you know, um, inspired a fan base and touched a fan base, I got the feeling it touched the players too. Did you see the way they came out tonight in the first period, especially? Well, um, okay. I'm going to bring something else that, uh, that uh, doesn't go in the direction that you're saying. One of the guys that didn't like PK Subban is Brendan Gallagher. And Brendan Gallagher is the heart and soul of this dress room. If the guy came out tonight, it's not because of what PK said. Because, uh, if you listen to any interviews, Kovacevic and the guys, what they've said about PK, you're going to understand what I just told you because they asked the, the media asked the players about it and it was not good. The answers was not good. The guys came out because the coach was not happy about the last game. The coach said there's a lot of passengers. They play with 11 forward 7D men. Everybody was fighting for a spot because they, there was going to be repercussion. They were playing at home. Uh, the fans were fired up. And I'd say that it's not because of what he said they came out this way. 
because the fan loves them and the energy we could fill in the stands. But I'm not sure uh, throughout the players, throughout the team, with the leaders that are around that didn't like him, the energy was the same. So that's why I well, would Cole say Caulfield, that. Cole Caulfield was interviewed at the end of the game, and he was asked about PK's speech, and, and his answer I thought was good. His answer yeah. was good, and yes, it was like... Yes. His was good. His answers was good, but I'm talking about some of the other guys that have done it. Like, Caulfield is a young guy. Some of the young guys, they don't mesh into it. And, and, and again, guys remember they're intelligent. When they're in front of cameras, and they know... And then the night on the night was special. You don't want to get some heat on you. So remember, guys are smart. They know how it works. They know the market Montreal. But I'm just telling you that they came out because they had to. They, were, they played very bad last game in front of their own crowd. And Nashville, second game in two nights, you know, they jumped on them. They're a bit tired yeah. from last game. You know, there's a lot of factors that come into effect. And, uh, you know, PK was there for the crowd. But all I'm saying is that I'm not sure the consensus was the same for the players. Okay. I'm going to really put you on this. I think I got a really good question for you now. And there might not be just one answer or right answer, but I'm going to try and demand one from you anyway. Okay. PK Subban was traded from the Montreal Canadiens. Who precipitated his exit the most? Uh, Jeff Moulton, Mark Bergevin, Michel Terrier. Max Pacioretty, Brendan Gallagher. Um, Brendan Gallagher and Max Pacioretty together. Those two guys together. Uh, that's why also every time PK played Montreal, it, he, him and Gallagher were going at it because he knew that and stuff. So uh, uh, those two players, they, they went up to the GM and they forced it. If forces. you recall, if you recall, there was a quote from Gallagher at one point. I don't know if we have it. I don't think we have it right now. But when, remember when he said, well, you know, P.K. Subban does what P.K. Subban does. He comes in here and he tries to make it all about him. It's a game that Nashville played in Montreal and Nashville won. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Like, I do. Gallagher I do. was really ticked off at the end of the game, like really ticked off. Price is hurt, right? And he's pretty much done, right? Yeah. He was there for P.K. What was Gallagher? What was he? I didn't see him. Why do you think he wasn't there? Price was there. Gallagher has been with PK all his years. From day one, he was there. So what you're saying is, is that not to say that PK didn't rub Bergevin the wrong way or rub Terry in the wrong way or rub Molson the wrong way, but what you're saying is it became an issue to begin with because Pacioretty and Gallagher brought it to the attention of the coaching staff and the management team that this was a problematic player in that locker room. And these two guys were the leader of the dressing room. So you remember, in the dressing room, you have a group of leaders that everybody, the pulse is around them, right? And your leaders, they're the one that has the, the soul of the dressing room, the heart and soul of the dressing room. So they don't like you. You get the guys with you on your side. That's it. It won't work. And what are they going to do? They're going to trade Pacioretty and Gallagher keep Subban? Like, you know... He, they, they brought that up, it became a problem. There's jealousy also. Uh, Gallagher did say a couple quotes that were not good, that you knew that with some of the quotes that he's done when he was there, that he didn't like him. Just the way he looked at him sometimes uh, when they were filming the teams, you could just see it. And uh, yeah. So okay, tonight. So, that, so, so, 
So Pacioretty and Gallagher were not presidents of the P.K. Subban fan club. Does that lead you to believe, even with all your admiration that you have for P.K., and even though you spend time together, does that lead you to believe that either A, Subban wasn't a team player, or B, Pacioretty and or Gallagher were jealous of Subban? No, I think there was jealousy in there because the way that he plays, he was a team player. Um, yes, outside the ice, he, his brand was sometimes more important than, let's say, going to a team dinner. Yes, when he talked about mistake, that's the type of the stuff that he's talking about. Sometimes the team would go on the road, and other than eating with the guys, would find the biggest superstar, go eating with them, and put this on his social media. So that's what he was talking about when he was talking about mistakes. But at the end of the day, when you go to war in the NHL business of winning, you want to go to war with gamers. And when it was time to play, he was a gamer. And I'm talking about Montreal. His best year was Montreal. His best year was Montreal. When he played, yeah. he landed on the ice and he was amazing. His playoff numbers with the Canadians were great. His playoff numbers were great. I mean, his playoff performances were great. He had a flair for the dramatic. I mean, the guy scored a couple of goals that, you know, like the roof came off. Yeah. Uh, it was it was unbelievable. A shout-out to sportbuffshop.com. Use code SICK10 for 10% off on all of their items, whether it's our SICK apparel or sports-licensed lifestyle apparel, including hoodies, caps, T-shirts of your favorite teams from all major leagues, and as well as our, uh, our SICK merch once again. All right, so... Um, I talked about something earlier on uh, this evening uh, at GC, at TVA Spar. I think I put my finger on the moment that the Montreal Canadiens made the decision at 100% unequivocally to trade P.K. Subban. I think I know when it happened. And let me explain to you, because I've never had this conversation with you. So... P.K. Subban, I believe, was traded on the 29th of June, if memory serves me well, okay? Um, I think he was traded on a Wednesday at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. They had a press conference at 6 p.m. The draft was, you know, a couple of days before in Buffalo. I remember driving down for the draft because I thought he was going to get traded. Why did I think he was going to get traded? Because about 10 days before he actually got traded, it was the awards ceremony, the NHL awards ceremony in Vegas. And P.K. Subban, uh, I believe, was working the award ceremonies. Anyway, he was asked, the Canadians missed the playoffs that year. Carey Price got hurt. He was asked why they came up short. And I remember his answer was something to the effect of, I don't think there were enough guys who played good enough for us to make the playoffs. And I don't think as an organization, we didn't do enough in Carrie's absence to make the playoffs. And it was like a 40-second clip, and he ended it with, this league is too good, and next year, we have to do a lot more from top to bottom. He was already in, in, in the doghouse. He already had like a file against him. 
Pacioretty thought he wasn't buying in in the locker room. B B Brendan Gallagher wasn't the president of his fan club. Michel Therrien took away the triple low five. Jeff Molson wasn't happy that he was branding the PK-76, changed the game forever stuff and all that stuff. So there was there was a, there was a little bit of a file there. They thought that he played for himself. J.J. Daniel went out to say that he played more as a running back instead of as a quarterback, all that. You know, the mistake, you know, when he pinched in Colorado, I mean, and they made it sound like it was the worst hockey play ever in, in the history of hockey plays. They lost the game in overtime, whatever it was. I think they lost the game 3-2. Anyway, long story short, he had a file, but when he said that, I think Mark Bergevin, Michel Terry, and Jeff Molson, they all looked at each other and they probably said, if we don't trade this guy on July 1st, his no trade kicks in. For the next six years. If this guy right now can be traded, you would think he has little power because he can be traded. And he's already calling us out, an organization from top to bottom. If we don't trade him, could you imagine the power this guy's going to have? And I think it bothered them. And I think it worried them. Tony, just so you know, when I, I was on BPM Spa, which was, back then yeah and i told everyone that he was that he was going to get traded before the deadline so did I. I i i knew that like you said that they didn't want to take a chance with the no trade to, to kick in there was there were so much things on the air about things that they were unsure and not happy and and i was hearing rumbling from the players that i i said he's going to get traded for sure people didn't believe me and I knew, I knew they were going to do it. I, just I didn't thought know. they were going to do it at the draft, George. That's why I got in my truck and I drove to Buffalo. And you know who's the first thing that told me they were, they were trading him? It was Edmonton. Because Edmonton asked me about PK because they offered it to Edmonton. And in a package, there was a first pick. There was Taylor Hall and, uh, and I don't remember who. And, uh, and a D-man. Darnell Nurse. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Darnell Nurse and the, and, uh, and the others, they wanted, they wanted uh, dry saddle other than, uh, other than, uh, other than, uh, than uh, Taylor Hall. And the others said no. But they're, they're the one that asked me because they, he was getting traded. You, you know, then, hold on a second. You know why they wanted to trade him to Edmonton, right? You know why? No. Because that year, the Edmonton Oilers had the fourth pick overall in the draft. Oh, yes, yes, that's, okay. right. that's right. And the yes. Montreal Canadiens. They want to do what? That's correct. Right. The Montreal yeah. Canadiens were absolutely in love. Mark Bergevin and Trevor Timmons were both absolutely in love with Pierre-Luc Dubois. And they were convinced that Pierre-Luc Dubois was going to be available at the fourth pick because Toronto was picking first. And Toronto picked Austin Matthews. Winnipeg was picking second. And Winnipeg picked Patrick Liney because that year it was unanimous Matthews and and, and Liney, correct? Yeah. Most people thought, most people thought that because Columbus's general manager was Yarno Yarmo Kekalainen, okay, most people thought that he was going to draft Yessi Pugliarvi because Yessi Pugliarvi was playing with Karpat in the Finnish Elite League. But Yarmo Kekalainen ended up drafting Pierre-Luc Dubois at number three. 
So yeah. if the Canadians would have made that deal with Edmonton, uh, they would not have got Pierre-Luc Dubois at number four. That's yeah, why they, right. they wanted to trade with Edmonton, because they wanted to get the fourth pick, because they wanted to draft Dubois. Yeah, that's true. I forgot that point, because it's, so, it's such a long time ago. But yeah, yeah you're, you're damn right. That was exactly the reason. You're right. So hold on a second. Anthony in Montreal says... Professional athletes do not get jealous of other professional athletes on their own team. <laughs> I, I, I've never been a professional athlete, George, but without being one, I, I, I'd say yes, absolutely. Hold on, hold on a second. Let me just say this before, George, before I ask you the question. In any workplace, in any workplace, when others see some that work there that have a more position of privilege, uh, a better title, more money, more benefits, uh, more popularity, more anything. You don't think in the workplace there's at least one person who gets jealous of someone else's success? I can guarantee you that there is. George? Tony, like, I played 13 years in the NHL. I played with 14. Yes, the jealousy about salaries all the time about endorsement all the time. There's competition all the time. And they know guys always complain about guys that make more money sometimes that they don't, they're not as effective as they are on the ice. You hear that all the time. That's all players losing respect. You know that, you, you know like that title of most ever played player in the NHL? Like there's pride with this. You know, every year this guy that a print pointed, like why do you think they're like that? Because some guys that are making less, that are contributing more, they hate these guys. They're jealous of them. So you yes, think, you think jealous. you think you think Cristiano Ronaldo's teammates all love them? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Well, you know, you know, he brings publicity, so so he's getting paid for other things that you he's know. gonna be bringing. But I'm pretty sure he's gonna be dominating that team. But you know, the fact that he didn't stay in Europe is because now he couldn't keep up anymore. But he still. It's still an amazing legend that's going to bring something to, to, to that country, but that's another, yeah. that's another discussion. Well, I mean, he, he went to Saudi Arabia for two reasons. One, number one, there's over 200 million reasons why he went there. He went to break the bank that's already been broken many, many times over. Number two, he, no law, you know, he doesn't have Ballon d'Ors on Lionel Messi. He doesn't have a World Cup, and Lionel Messi does. I mean, he's got, he's got what, five Ballon d'Ors. Lionel Messi's got seven, and Messi's on the verge of winning his eighth. So Messi will go to eight. He's got five. Messi's got a World Cup. He won't have any. He does have some Champions League scoring records, but the only thing that he can try and, um, you know, go with his whole GOAT status will be to score more goals than Lionel Messi in his career. And that's why he went to Saudi Arabia, because he's going to score a ton of goals. Mind you, the latest news out of Saudi Arabia today, did you see this? Is that no. the competing team, uh, the rival team that of Ronaldo's team in Saudi Arabia, is prepared to offer Lionel Messi almost double the money that Cristiano Ronaldo got. Yeah, We're but... They have about $350 million. Yeah, but... The thing is, you know why Messi won't take it? Yeah. Because he still has lots to offer in the best leagues in the world. Ronaldo, right. knew that he was, Ronaldo knew that he was done. So he took the money and he said, oh, I had offers yeah. in other places, but I've done what I've had to do in Europe. So then I went there. No. Ren Ren like Ronaldo, Ronaldo, I, I, I beg to differ. Ronaldo's not done. 
It's just that the difference, the way Ronaldo plays and Messi plays, and they play two different positions, is Messi with his ability to dribble and with his vision and with his IQ and all that stuff, even if he doesn't move much, he can still be incredibly dangerous and pick apart teams. Ronaldo, once you lost that fraction of a step, once he lost that second in his step, it's getting, you know, he's having a lot of, you know, much harder time of scoring goals. But hey, let's get back to hockey. Let's get back to hockey. We're going to soccer. We're going to start talking about Messi and Ronaldo. Okay, we stop now, okay? Um, let's get back to PK. I saw him in Jeff Molson's loge tonight. You think he's going to end up doing some work with the Montreal Canadiens in some way, shape, or form going forward? Is that possible? No, because uh, he has a really good contract with the SPN. And uh, he wants to get involved with an NHL team. He wants to grow his profile in the States. And uh, he's not going to come and die in Canada. Uh, hockey wants to grow in the States. And they're using his profile to do so. And uh, the fact that he's hanging out with Stephen A. Smith to learn the ropes about being flamboyant, uh, you know, talking about hockey and stuff, is, a, is in the right place. And he's not going to trade a spot. But I'm, I'm not talking to you about a full-time position. I'm talking to you about making five or six appearances a year and being an ambassador for the team. He wants to be, he wants to be an owner in the NHL. It's not going to happen here. He's not going to be part owner in Montreal, no. He wants to be um, part owner. Yeah, he wants to be part owner of an NHL team. Yeah. So, uh, and, uh, you know, with his popularity, uh, a team could be interested to get his publicity. So uh, his spot is in the States with ESPN where he's going to grow. So I don't, I don't see him coming back, man. Yeah, you know, when it comes to business, he's had a tremendous mentor in Joel Leonoff, among others, right? And that's one of the things that when you said a lot of players here hung around with a lot of players, PK, when he was here, he hung around a lot with Joel Leonoff and Joel Leonoff's friends, a lot of people who did very, very well in business. It, it, it intrigued him to, to hang out with CFOs and hang out with CEOs and to see how they conduct themselves and to see how they do business. And you know what? You got to hand it to a man. We're talking about a very smart guy. Like even tonight, his speech, by the way, it's not rehearsed. There's no notes. It's not on the jumbotron. He's not reading from an iPad. It's, it's from the heart, and he touched on everything he needed to touch on from hello to, to Lise Bellevaux and blowing her the kiss. And he, he has it, man. It's an it factor. You either, you're born with that stuff. You either have it or you don't. He has it. Just, just like you. You have it with a sick podcast. You're born with it, and that's why you're on every night, bro. Well, you know. For a second here, I'd like to be a little bit humble and say, no, George, please. But I, listen, I, I think I got it. What can I tell you? Do I have it as much as PK? No. But all kidding aside, George, I'm going to tell you, George, I'm going to tell you something. I appreciate the compliment. I know you're, you're half joking, but I also know you're half serious. I'm going to tell you something, George. Um, I'm going to tell you something. It's reciprocal because I listened to you on the radio at BPM Sports and, you know, you have a style that I like. Why? Because, A, you're a man of the people. You always give time to the listeners and stuff like that. I really, really appreciate that. Look, tonight, th to be honest with you, earlier this evening, I had supper 
with someone who used to listen to me on the radio and now is watching the podcast religiously. And yesterday, uh, his name is Andy Ellison, by the way, uh, who I didn't know, but he became a friend because he used to listen to me and he reached out to me. And yesterday I had lunch with uh, Wendy and Stefan, uh, who used to listen to me on the radio and now watch the sick podcast. And uh, they came down from Toronto and they reached out to me and they want to know if we could meet for a coffee. And I said, yeah, I'll take you guys to lunch. And so, but I got to tell you something. Um, so I appreciate that in you because uh, I think it's a great quality to have to be a man of the people. I think you're a man of the people. The way you do your radio show, George, for some, it may not be perfect. For some, this or that or whatever. No one's ever unanimous. You're not. I wasn't. You do it with passion and energy. And this is why I had this shirt made, okay? Because a lot of people have approached me and said, let me ask you something. How were you able to pull off the ratings that you did? Like, like what, 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 what is it? And I said, and I said, passion and energy. Yeah, but, you know, like, no. But like, I don't mind. That's what it is. But the thing is, is said, I said, I don't mind giving away this information of passion and energy thinking because this has to be in you. You yeah. can't fake this stuff. You know what I mean? If you fake passion and or you fake energy, you're going to get people are going to see right through you. You almost got to be born with it. And George, personally, I think you have a gift. I think you have this passion. I think you have this energy. And I think you're a man of the people. I appreciate you saying what you said, but I want to let you know the respect is mutual. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you. Awesome. And I, look, I just, I said, hey, by the way, your name came up tonight. I'm going to make you laugh, okay? So I, I, I got to find this, okay? Listen, you, uh, okay, I got to get this. All right. Hold on a second. So no. so I go I go to supper at La Cage La Salle, we went, by the way. I go to supper with Andy Ellison, okay? Andy Ellison is a wrestler. And he does his own promotions. He does his own shows, okay? And I'm going to try and put my phone to the camera here. This is Andy Ellison on the receiving end of Abdullah the Butcher. Are you ready? Oh, my God. My God, he's big. So that's Abdullah the Butcher, and that's Andy Ellison split open, okay? Yeah. But So anyway, I don't even know if I can say this. I hope Andy doesn't get mad at me, but I'm going to say it anyway. So I asked Andy, I said, Andy, and he says to me, he says, Tony, this is one of the top 25 pitchers in like in the history of like professional wrestling type of thing or amateur wrestling. So I said to him, I said, Andy, how are you bleeding that much? I said, did he actually hit you with that? that, that remember that pick that Abdullah the Butcher used to have? You'll never guess. You know what he told me? No. Okay, I want you to look at Abdullah the Butcher carefully, okay? Okay. You see his hands? Yeah. He had crushed razor blades. Razor blade, the old ones, the old razor blades, snapped in half, and he would be, they would be taped under his fingers. So you actually, I can't, you know what? I don't even know if I could have said that, but I just said it anyway. Andy, if I wasn't allowed saying that, I apologize, okay? Uh, we'll have to get rid of it. I'll be good tapping a shot. My God. Yeah, okay. So now, it is, like, I I freaked out. Like, I, you know, I ended up swallowing my chicken wing with the bone included, okay? Like, I was like, I almost choked to death. But 
So now you ready for this? Yeah. Andy is doing his own promotion. Okay? It's going to happen near the end of April. And they're expecting anywhere between a full house of 1,500 to 2,000 people. Okay? And guess what he told me? Andy's going to be wrestling. And he wants you in his corner so you could be kind of like his bodyguard. He's asked me to make an appearance in the show as well, by the way. I've given him my word that I will. Okay? He wants to have you. He wants to have you in his corner as his bodyguard. And he says, Tony, I can see it right now on the poster. George attack Larak. That's what he wants to call you. Tony, if you're in, I'm in. Okay, listen to me. Listen to this, though. You're going to like this. That's great news, by the way, because I told Andy I was going to ask you. Now, you ready for this? Yeah. I said, Andy, what do you want George to be? He goes, yeah, I want it to be in my corner. I want it to be the, my bodyguard. George Atak Larak. So I said, Andy, if you want him to defend you and be your bodyguard, don't call him George Atak Larak. Call him George Watch My Back Larak. <laughs> In and then, Tony, no problem. Let's let's do this. Yeah, but it's easy for you to say. You you leave town like three weeks a month. How do I know <laughs> you're going to be in town? If I tell you that I'm doing it. Last week you were in Edmonton. The week before you were in Halifax. The week before you were in uh, you were in Bangkok. Israel. Oh, you're in Israel. How much air miles plan, do you have? If you plan the date, I will be there. Sunday. Sunday, April 23rd. Send me all the info I'm in. All right, okay. Hey, I kept you on for a long time. I really appreciate it. Uh, one word on the game. We haven't even we talked about PK, as, as I think we should have, but um, Jonathan Drouin's best game of the season. This is the Jonathan Drouin that I always wanted. I, 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 call, I talked about him as one of the best power play guys in the league. Tonight he was good on the power play. Yeah, it's too late, though. Yeah, that you I know. Like, the hope is just that he plays a lot of games to raise his value so he gets something in return at the trade deadline. But I think that it's too little, too late. I don't see a team, because he got three assists tonight, thinking that this is the guy we need to win the Stanley Cup. So I think they're going to have a hard time to move him, despite what he does until the trade deadline. It's too late, man. It's too late. All right. Uh, Cole Caulfield, two goals again. He's got 25 now. You know, uh, is he gonna score? I, I hope he scores 40 this year. That's gonna be one of the positive things, even though Canadian's gonna finish down the bottom. Uh, he's in his office like Ovechkin on that side of the rink. He's money with his one timer. It's impressive, it's impressive, man. It's impressive what he's doing so far. George, have a great night, buddy. I love you, brother. Take it easy. All right, there you go. George Larac from BPM Spa, 91.9 FM. You can listen to him weekdays starting at 11 a.m finishing at 1.30 p.m. Le Monde de Georges, along with Max Truman. All right, okay, there you have it. Uh, we could take calls tonight. You know what? I'm sure a lot of you want to weigh in. The Canadians on a night where they honor and pay tribute to P.K. Subban. You called? You called? Presented by Playground uh, Arbor Jack Ice fight, but it's going to have to be another time. All right, okay, you called. It's brought to you by Playground, your premier gaming destination located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown 
Montreal. All right, okay, so we're going to open up the phone lines at one 585 sick one 585 7425 on a night the Montreal Canadiens honored P.K. Subban. What a speech he had for the fans en français, in English as well. The triple low five with Carey Price. Everyone loved it. Everyone went nuts. You saw images of him and Jeff Molson's loge or in another loge along with Jeff Molson celebrating pretty happy after Cole Caulfield scored a couple of goals. The Canadians win by a score of four to three. They look like a very inspired team after his speech. And George Larac tells you that Max Pacioretty wanted P.K. Subban out, that Brendan Gallagher wanted P.K. Subban out, and that he thinks that if Marty St. Louis was coaching P.K. Subban instead of Michel Therrien, St. Louis would have traded him as well. Isn't that something? We'll get to your calls. We'll get to your messages as well. Agnello and Sammy Cavallaro back at Master Control. Open up these phone lines. And Marinero, one 585 let us go. Let's break the internet tonight. P.K. Subban in town in Montreal with the Canadians. They honored him. They paid tribute. He was at the Montreal Children's Hospital earlier in the day. He was there yesterday. He brought a friend of his on the ice. She always wanted to go to the Bell Center, and she wanted to hear the fans chant her name, and that's exactly what they did. And he talked to the players, and he said, if you play with the same passion that they have for this team, They'll love you forever. And boy, oh boy, we saw some of them play with passion tonight. Jonathan Drouin, his best game of the season, his best game in a couple of years, his best game in quite some time. Three assists, two of which were on the power play. We saw Jake Evans play with a lot of passion and intensity. We saw Yessi Alonen pick up a big assist. He played good as well. Kirby Dock had one goal and one assist for two points, two goals for Cole Caulfield. Both of them came on the power play from his favorite slot, set up, bang, bang, play. For Cole Caulfield, let's get to your phone calls. one 585 Where are we going here exactly? Where are we going? I've been told that Agnello and Sammy are taking calls at 100 miles an hour. What? There's 100 people on hold right now? 100? Are you kidding me or what? I'm on the internal chat right now. We have a private chat, right? They just told me that there's 100 people on hold. So the lines are lighting up, and instead of just patching one through, they're they're taking each call and putting everyone on hold. But just just give me somebody, you know. Of course, everyone wants to talk about PK tonight. Come on. I think we need more band power. It got to the point on the sick podcast where we went from Sammy and his idea and hiring me. We got together, and then Agnello came on board, and then Juliana came on board. And then Rosa came on board, and Joey came on board. Got Matt O'Hayan on board. I I think we're going to have to get more people on board here. Until they settled all this this stuff with the phone lines at one triple eight five eight five seven four two five, let's take a few comments. That's probably a little bit easier. But I I think we need more manpower and master controller on the board to filter through these calls. Nick G, Tony, your most Memorable memory from P.K. Subban. My most memorable memory from P.K. Subban. Oh, I have a good one. Agnello and Sammy, can you come through for a second here? Because I want to ask you a question. Can 
Can we get in yellow and Sammy here or what? This is a good one. This was not planned tonight. This is this is a good one. I'm just thinking of something. I'm just thinking of something. And yellow or Sammy, is there any way that somebody can come in or you can't come in here? Oh, the phone is on. You can't. Okay. All right. So let me ask you something, guys. If I send you a picture or a video, can you bring it up? All right. Uh, that would be cool. If you can, that would be cool. Hold on a second. There we go. Hold on. I, I, you know what? I, I have a, I have a good one here. I have a good one. Oh my, I gotta, I gotta find this now. I gotta find this now. Or I'm gonna go nuts. I'm gonna go nuts. My favorite memory of PK Subban. Okay, I'm gonna answer the question. I just, I wish I would have found this. Uh, and that's what happens sometimes when you go into your favorites, and you have like about 1,200 pictures and videos and stuff like that. Sometimes you just can't find something that you'd like to find. Maybe a little bit easier. You know, you just you have a hard time with it. Okay. Um, Hmm. Um. Anello, can you can you bring up the picture, or we or we can't do that either. There we go. Okay. So I'm in Toronto, and I'm going to answer the question now. I'm in Toronto, and um, I um, I text PK. And I say to him, I said, uh, are you in town? And he said, yeah. And he said, why? You're in, you're in Toronto? And I said, yes. So he says, uh, you know, so uh, no problem. Uh, you know, why don't we meet? And I said, you know what? I, I'm with the kids. And uh, they'd love to meet you because, you know, usually when you're in Montreal, I don't want, like, the kids to come around taking pictures and stuff like that. I mean, I've done it before, but this was more of a private setting. I felt, you know, more comfortable and stuff like that. And he said, uh, he said, uh, okay, well, no problem. I'm at the gym training. And um, if you want, why don't you just come by the gym? And um, so I went by the gym and uh, I brought the kids. And uh, there you have it. I uh, I brought the kids and... Um, I spent some time with PK that day. Uh, we talked. I talked with his trainer and the kids did as well. And, um, you know, I have um, I have another video. Agnello, I just sent it to you. If you can bring it up. I think my son's going to get mad at me that I'm going to play this anyway. But, I mean, at least, you know, I mean, he's not the boss. I'm the boss in the house, right? Actually, who am I kidding? My wife's the boss. And yellow, I sent you something, and if you can bring up the video, I think that's pretty cool. That's my other. I have two favorite PK, three favorite PK Subban moments. I think um, the moment that he, uh, the you know, he made the donation or the pledge, made the pledge. That was a pretty cool moment. That moment that I got to spend with him, uh, I think that was in Vaughn, if memory serves me well. I'm trying to remember. I believe it was in Vaughn. Uh, that was a second, and uh, I have a third one here. I don't know if we can bring it up. Best friend or 
And you're the best looking kid I've seen in the Bell Center yet. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right? All right. Okay. So that's when, uh, that's a long time ago, but uh, my son at the end of the game tells Pika, you're the best defender in the NHL. And he tells him, and you're the best looking kid I've seen at the Bell Center this year. Uh, he's got a, he's got a way with kids. And uh, there's another example right there. All right. So let's go to more comments. Why bother do it against Nashville if he even wasn't going to mention them? This is coming in from Dark Weber. Okay. So once again, I think trying to take a positive tonight and someone's trying to make a negative out of it. Um, who cares? And by the way, this was not a retirement speech. He didn't have to mention Nashville. And he didn't have to mention New Jersey. He was being honored by the Montreal Canadiens, and the only team he mentioned is the Montreal Canadiens because they were honoring him, and he didn't have to mention Nashville. And if I was a Nashville Predators fan, I wouldn't at all be insulted by the fact that he didn't mention Nashville. They did it on a night when they were playing against one of his former teams. That doesn't mean that he has to bring them up. He wanted it to be all about Montreal tonight. And I think the Canadians fans really appreciated that it was all about Montreal. And finally, even though the heel has the 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 wound has not healed for everyone, um, for some there is a little bit of closure tonight in a good way. In a good way. More comments. Tony, who else do you think the Habs should honor? I think they should honor Andre Markov. This coming in from Greg. Next. Uh, Marty says, I can't see any team giving not even future considerations for Jonathan Drouin. He can quarterback a power play, play the side center wing experience. People do get hurt. He can low-cost insurance for a team. Um, I, I think he's going to get picked up. Yeah, I think he'll get picked up and they might have to pay some of his salary when they do uh, trade him or they might have to trade him along with another player. But I'd be willing to bet that Jonathan Drouin will be traded before trade deadline day. Mind you, if he plays like he played tonight between now and then, you just never know. But I I tend to agree with George. Uh, too little, too late as far as the Montreal Canadiens are concerned. And I, 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 I get the feeling. I think Drouin... You know, it's been taxing. The six years here, unfortunately, has not gone according to plan. Next. I keep saying next, but uh, like I've gone overtime already. Uh, Jason Maroney says, would love to see Tony's take on Gallagher being injured again. He hasn't been able to play 60 games in a season in nearly a half a decade. Four more years on his contract after this season and a no movement clause. Your thoughts? Jason, my thoughts is everyone knows that the Montreal Canadiens are going to have a really hard time getting rid of that contract. Everyone knows that Brendan Gallagher is no longer going to score 30 goals again. He'd be hard-pressed to score 20 goals going forward. Everyone knows that Brendan Gallagher has been uh, an older truck that's been in the garage very, very often as of late. He's been breaking down a lot. And everyone knows that that is a contract right now that is very, very heavy on the books. I mean, I don't think there's anything else that we can say. And I don't think there's anyone else that thinks differently. And should the Montreal Canadiens trade Brendan Gallagher? Of course. Is another team going to pick up Brendan Gallagher with the contract that he has, paying the entire salary for the rest of the contract? Not a chance. Not going to happen. So, you know, I don't know if they're ever going to find a way to be 
creative to make a trade happen, but it's going to be very, very difficult. Very difficult. Agnello and Sammy, uh, I think we weren't able to figure out the whole phone situation tonight, eh? I'm not so sure if there was just too many and it jammed up the lines or something like that. And it's, uh, I'm not sure what's going on, but uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we take one more comment tonight? Tony, would you put PK top five defender that played in the National Hockey League? Well, no, of course not. But that doesn't take away from the fact that he's a very good defender. I mean, when you're talking about the best defenseman to ever play the game, you're going to talk about Bobby Orr. You're going to talk about Doug Harvey. You're going to talk about Nicholas Lidstrom. You're going to talk about Raymond Bork. You're going to talk about Larry Robinson. You're going to talk about Dennis Potvin. You know, nowadays you can talk about Victor Hedman. For sure, you're going to be talking about Kale McCarr. I mean, I mean, you could talk about Serge Savard. He's a very good defenseman. Um, there's a lot of defensemen that you can talk about, right? To say uh, PK in a top five. I mean, are, are we talking top five in the Montreal Canadiens? I mean, you can talk about um, Paul Coffey. Paul Coffey is one of the greatest offensive defensemen that we've ever seen. You know, um, you know, along there, and you know, Bobby Orr and Paul Coffey, the greatest offensive defenseman we've ever seen. Uh, there's there, there, there's several. Um, if you want to talk stay-at-home defensemen, obviously you can talk about Scott Stevens. Um, Scott Niedermeyer was a very, very good defenseman. Uh, you know, where do you want to stop? I mean, there's um, there's been quite a few. There's been quite a few. But um, who else could I mention on that list? Uh, Drew Doughty <clears throat> had a great career. Drew Doughty's a very good defenseman. Um, Brian Leach is a very good defenseman. Look, there's uh, <clears throat> there's many. Uh, he didn't quite have uh, have uh, uh, that career, but he, he had a very, very good career. He had a very, very good career. P.K. Subban won the Norris Trophy. P.K. Subban was spectacular. He was exciting. He was flamboyant. He was entertaining. He played with passion. He played with energy. He played his best when the chips were down. He played his best hockey in the playoffs. He was a playoff performer. I mean, what more do you want? Right? What more do you want? Once again, I want to thank Lakash. I want to thank 8.6 Beer, and, wanna, and I want to thank Energy Transportation Group. I wore the shirt tonight, Passion and Energy. I wore it for you, P.K. Subban. Let's go out with the triple low five. Let's go one more time. Can we go out with the triple low five?
Yes, no. If we uh, if we get out of here and we put back the triple low five with PK Subban and Carey Price tonight, can we go back to it? I don't know. Boo. I think it all jammed up, even at master control. They're not getting back to me. I'm asking them a question. I don't know. I'm not hearing an answer. Boo. I can't think of no better way to end the podcast tonight. For all of you watching on YouTube Live, we had great numbers tonight on Facebook Live and on Twitter Live. For you, my sick army, the sick podcast will be back tomorrow night, same time, same place, at 10 p.m. Have a great Thursday night. The Montreal Canadiens win 4-3 on a night like tonight where P.K. Subban told the guys to play with passion. I'm not going to talk to you about the tank, and I'm not going to talk to you about how upset I am that they won because I think it's fitting that on a night that they paid tribute to P.K. Subban that they played an exciting hockey game and they played a winning hockey game the way they did. Canadians win 4-3. Go Habs go. Go P.K. go. Passion and energy. That's what he always brought. That's what he'll always bring. Good night, everyone. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.